Most requested story by far. The ban of TikTok in India. A lot of people sent this to me. This is a huge development. I know it's very regional. So some people outside of uh, India, outside of that country, may not immediately sense the significance of it because it might not, it won't affect you immediately if you're a TikTok user elsewhere. But it draws a line. It, uh, it kind of almost like the Huawei thing that took place previously. Of course, that was in in, in hardware and a totally separate dispute. It stemmed from issues between the U.S. and China mostly, though some other countries ever have their own issues going on. Uh, stretching now into the digital space in the form of an app, in the form of a very popular app. I don't know. Do I need to let you know, Will, that pe people are using TikTok? Yeah. It's uh, very popular. I'm over here reading this article here. You know the other thing when it comes to, when, when you're talking about an app, if you shut it down, if you cancel it, it's, go it's see you later. Mm -hmm. It's gone. It doesn't work anymore. They only have one chance. Can't come back. I'm saying it's in the case of hardware, I mean, you ban Huawei, whatever devices are out there and the equipment that's out there is out there. Even when the, the hammer started to come down and the relationship with Google was in question, they still said, okay, we'll support the older stuff. You weren't left out in the dust. People have been left out in the dust here. Mm. The, this particular article in New York Times... It uh, profiles a couple of creators who have built up audiences on TikTok. Later. See ya. Uh, this is a very human interpretation of it, but if you've been having success on a platform, you turn it into some sort of career. Night-night. What are you going to do? Uh, move out of the country? Okay, so it's clear to... to it, it, we should, we should uh, take a few steps back to figure out how we got to this point. There has been a lot of India, China... Uh, dis disputing uh, disputes, political, military, in fact, as well. I can only imagine, I was speaking to you earlier, I can only imagine what the news coverage in India has been like since that conflict that took place on that border region between Chinese troops and Indian troops mm -hmm. and, the, and the fallout from that. But I've been sensing the sentiment on our channels You've seen hashtags boycott China coming from the Indian audience. We have the Indian audience here. I'm sure there's some people here that are watching this from India right now. They can let us know what their sentiment is, mm -hmm. how they're feeling. But you know how this goes. It, starts to, it shows up in the press. It shows up uh, on the, the news. And, and, of course, there's going to be... There's going to be some some degree of frustration, some degree. So somebody's going to, want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. This is an extreme version of that. It was it was TikTok got banned and another sixty something apps mm -hmm. from the from China, mostly owned by the big players there, Tencent and those guys. Mm -hmm. Of course, ByteDance is TikTok, but the, yes. most of the other apps that were banned f fell under. Ten cent umbrella Baidu. A lot of uh, QQ products. A lot of QQ products. Yeah. A wide variety of apps, but it sets a new precedent. Will and regardless of where you stand on a subject matter, it sets a new precedent for a uh, political technological overlap, which we're faced with now, as the political climate shifts as it tends to. We recognize how technology interacts with that because of what technology has become. And the fact that it's been relatively, with the exception of China specifically, it's been relatively borderless. We've had political boundaries, but we haven't had as many technological boundaries when it comes to the ability for apps to move over borders. Mm -hmm. This sets a different precedent. If this is maintained and it goes in this direction and India starts to promote the use of homegrown apps, which it appears is to be the case what they might be up to now, or or even Western apps, uh, alternatives. I know a lot of TikTok users in India have moved their followings or attempted to move their followings to other platforms, whether it be Instagram, whether it be here on YouTube. I mean, there's a couple of examples here of China having disputes with other 
countries. You remember the 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 controversy, the thing that took place in the NBA when the owner of the Houston Rockets yeah. made comments about the Hong Kong protests, and then the NBA was banned for a minute. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the state of it is now, but it's uh, it's actually right there. Uh, Chinese state-run television canceled broadcasts of all basketball games. And, of course, we have our own Canadian story relating to Huawei with, I believe she is the CFO of the company, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. As a response to her being detained, uh, if people have, I mean, we've covered the story quite a bit here, but she, I guess she's on house arrest in yes. Vancouver. Uh, one of the knee-jerk reactions there on the trade side was to ban Canadian canola oil. Mm-hmm which I don't know how you're going to live without Canadian canola oil because I don't know how you make popcorn, popcorn, because, you know, it's the high temperature oil. Yes. Yeah. You got to, if you're going to have a high temperature. Grateful frying. This is a big app. TikTok is huge in India. India is a huge market. I've been saying it. Uh, I don't need to say it because people know it. The installed user base for TikTok in India, it's in the article. I want to get it right. I don't want to take a shot at it. 610 million times is the number of times TikTok has been downloaded in India. Mm-hmm. 610 million. Well, you don't know 610 million people. No. I to, know. To, to put this, to just give you a sense of what that means, it's been downloaded 165 million times in the U.S. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's a population discrepancy. But when you talk about a market you might want to be in, you might want to be there. Mm. And it might be a problem if you're not. Mm-hmm. Now, increasingly, Chinese companies have been reaching outside of China. Because what happens? You, you, you saturate the domestic market. You dominate. Who are you? Tencent? I mean, this is a bite dance. But yes. You see what I'm saying? You well, get it's all- really prevalent in the Western market right now. TikTok, it's a- huge. Absolutely. Because that's what you would do if you... If everybody domestically domestically is using it, where do you go? You branch. Mm-hmm. You go to these other places and, and you say, well, it worked over here. Uh, think about a franchise. Think about a KFC. Think about a Starbucks. What do they do? Just keep expanding. You just keep going. And it's just a pretty oh, natural idea. I mean, this goes back to Coca-Cola. It's not a crazy concept, but... The political stuff starts to rear its ugly head, doesn't it? Mm. Because then now you cross those political dividers and people start to uh, scratch their chin a little bit and say, wait a minute, we're not over there, right? This is, this is the argument companies like Google and Facebook and Apple to a lesser degree. Apple has figured out how to exist in China. So you have this, uh, you have this converse, this weird conversation that makes its way into technology, mm-hmm. and this is one of the bigger ones I've seen recently. TikTok's just a global phenomenon, and to take a billion people out of that, out of the equation, out of the potential customer base, is a massive political move. Mm. You can't, we can't understate the significance of it. I know there's a bunch of other apps listed. But if you can imagine a future in which I just want to paint a picture for you. Well, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm going to paint a picture for you. If the political landscape compartmentalizes the different nations and encourages, promotes the use of homegrown domestic content and actively excludes foreign content, you you could have a kind of uh, what would you call it? You could have a, a well a different experience, a different world experience, a much more segregated world experience happening yes. in all these different locations. Mm-hmm. And you actually you're you're putting distance in a place that was sort of previously free of that that you mm-hmm. could the open web idea. Yeah, discovery of different cultures. It's all like we were playing to unify it, right? With apps. Were you? Unifying cultures. Yeah, me. (laughs) You're going to tie it all together. Well, that's the idea, right? It's amazing. You know, to understand. It's very ambitious of you. You know. No, but you're you're right. The the ethic of it, access and a connection. We were talking about the Starlink satellites bringing internet to to the far off reaches, Mm -hmm. far off places. 
well, what, what does the connection mean if the content that you can access on the connection is all approved by your government? And not, not to say that there aren't regulatory bodies here and in the West as well. There are. You have, what is it in Canada, CRTC? What do they do? I don't know. <laughs> no, but you have regulatory body. Yeah. I, that's a joke. I'm joking. I'm just saying they wouldn't. I can't imagine them banning TikTok in the same way. We don't, the political uh, connections between Canada and these other nations, not not as much friction at the moment, but it's, it's, you could perceive it, you could imagine it. It all gets very uh, cloudy, fast. That's what happens, the fog of war. You understand my favorite, docu my favorite documentary. It gets, things get foggy. Once, once there's an active conflict ongoing, I mean, it seems that the places this reaches, because if you think about it, if you're on the American side, if they have, if there's an ongoing dispute between India and China, you're happy about it. Or I don't know, you're happy about it, but Let's say you're Twitter. Let's say you're Facebook. Let's say you're with who owns Instagram. You're now migrating all this activity mm -hmm. that was leaving your product. Mm -hmm. You had 610 million downloads. Those are brand new customers for you. And you know it. You're talking about regulated customers. That's a different type of customer. Mm. You eliminated their choice. Effectively, immediately, quickly. So now what? I mean, maybe you get a meeting. Maybe uh, Zuckerberg hop on a flight. And he's talking to, he sits down with Modi. That's the uh, leader over in India. Mm. And he says, you listen here. I got some ideas. I got a product here called Instagram. You ever heard of it? Mm. He said, it looked like a pretty good product. Can I get, can, can people, is it like TikTok? Zuckerberg says, I'll make it whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you need it to be, I, I can do you it. you have like 600 million people signing up. We're good. That's right. He's like, you got 600 million? He's like, I got it. Boom. Deal done. Handshake. Flight back. Hmm. So I'm just, anytime you have these massive shifts that somebody loses really big, somebody stands to win really big. Yes. That's all I'm trying to get at. So anyway, we got it. We do have to hear from, uh, from the Indian audience. Obviously, you and I, look at us here. What are we? Look at us. We can download TikTok freely if we want to. We can uh, download YouTube. We can watch. We can search something on Google. Yes. You're not restricted in the same way at the moment. So it's hard to necessarily say the effect or impact of it. The New York Times article paints a particular picture. I want to hear from people who are on the ground. I'd love to hear from the Indian audience what you think. Are you happy about this? Not happy about this? Would you prefer TikTok to still be there? Or do you, do you support the removal, the ban, based on hmm. uh, the things that have happened in, in the recent memory here? Uh, OnePlus. OnePlus, we've been covering on the show. Lots happening with OnePlus. They are, uh, it's a return to the roots. The, we have the OnePlus Light Z thing rumor mill, which has turned now officially, I'm talking officially, hmm. no more speculation, into OnePlus Nord. Not Nord by OnePlus, by the way. I have to say, if I had to pick one or the other, I would take OnePlus Nord over Nord by OnePlus. Don't put a, hey, it's another word. Yes. I don't want to have another word. They came out and said it, and they migrated to a OnePlus.Nord Instagram account, which appears to be the hub for all things OnePlus Nord. It's all happening very fast, and it's coming very soon. It is going to be the budget lineup returning to the roots, but with the title New Beginnings, which is slapped on all the content that's coming out from them at the moment. It, very turquoise, very Nordic. And I had speculated based on a name that that was the, the inspiration. But now having watched some of the content on this channel, including the most recent upload, New Beginnings Episode 1, which is like kind of a behind-the-scenes documentary style leading up to the launch, uh, I think what they're going for here is almost like, do you remember the Jobs movie, the Aaron Sorkin one, mm -hmm. where it's a moment in time at the release yeah. of... The, I feel like they're trying to get that... Uh, I'm not saying it's the same thing as stuff to oh, achieve, okay. yeah. but I think they're going for that kind of feeling right, right. in this first episode here. If you're curious, you have Carl in there. You have a, a few other guys from the office and there you can tell there's, there's, there's the, the usual uh, business stuff, operational stuff that would be taking place leading up to a big launch. There's a couple of interviews. There's some, uh, people working on the branding, the the marketing that's going to be 
emerging about this thing. Actually, I got to say, as far as content goes, kind of an interesting episode. It, it, it applies a, a certain kind of intensity. Suggests a certain level of intensity that goes into uh, these, these type of launches and announcements. And look, I mean, they got the fan base going on, so it's supposed to get you hype, obviously. Anything can happen. I don't know how I feel about it still. I, I'm a bit conflicted. Did you need a whole nother brand for this? They basically admit in this piece of content, Carl says people aren't as interested in $1,000 phones, which is the motivation for this particular brand. I, I, I agree with that. That seems to be what I see in the comment sections and people talking to me on Twitter. So all the pieces I get, I just, uh, I have to wait and see if it justifies a whole separate brand and brand page. And if it, if it shouldn't be called a light thing, but instead it should be Nord. Uh, nonetheless, it's looking promising. It's happening very soon. If you watch a piece of content, you get to see how cool everything is. Like there was a longboard in the office there. Mm. There was a girl riding a longboard, which that's what happens if you have a cool office. We wouldn't know anything about it. No. But you see that right there? How you you? That's pretty cool. You formulate the shot. You get behind. You got the camera. You say, "Can you just? Can you do that one more time?" Yeah. With the with the longboard. Yeah, I know. Just one more time, please. And zooms past. Now it's the coolest place to work in the world. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the job applications skyrocket. Mm. Until Branding the next scene where, where Carl's like, stop playing on your computers, and he's yelling at somebody. Anyway, it seems like they're not getting a lot of sleep. I happen to know, man, the way these things go. I visited one of their facilities once upon a time. It's, 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 it's so intense leading up to an event like this, trying to put out a new phone. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I have appreciation for the work. We'll see how it all goes. If people are satisfied with the output, ultimately, ultimately people want value for money. They want more for less. Ultimately, people want to pay less and get more. If they deliver on that, they'll be all right no matter what the name is. Mm -hmm. So obviously, the rumor, just to recap, it's a mid range. It's going to be a mid range device. It's going to be maybe as low as three hundred bucks. That's kind of crazy. Mm. Three hundred dollar release with this type of marketing behind it. You don't see that too much. Not, I mean, not here. I know there have been sub brands that have done a job of it, but. We'll see what takes place. Speaking of OnePlus, they're also apparently working on a truly wireless earbud to also arrive in July. It's, uh, of course, AirPod inspired as any headphone would be in 2020. Popularity of AirPods, pretty stinking obvious. Mm. I don't need to tell you. Uh, the one killer piece here is that they're going to be black, which your AirPods are not. And people have asked for it. And I think that's a smart move. Don't make them white. Oppo put out the white version of this. Mm. And then it's like too close. Plus the market is so satisfied in that department. Yes. You go with black and it's like, ah, okay. And maybe you might uh, convince somebody who just didn't want to wear white earbuds for whatever right. reason, style-wise. So that's kind of an interesting move. These could launch alongside the OnePlus Nord. It's possible. As much as they look like AirPods as well, the case looks a lot more like the Pixel Buds, the shape of it. The whole thing looks pretty simple, uh, minus the little well, silver circles, OnePlus uh, brand identity stuff on the side of the earbuds. I don't know if that's a touch panel or what that would be. Uh, there's a couple of renders on here. There's no speculation on pricing, but... You have to know if you've been following OnePlus, particularly their headphone products, there has been a real push towards value there as well. Now, who who knows anymore with the flagship models and the Nord thing happening, who knows where they align this thing price-wise? But in the past with the bullets stuff, it was they were they were coming lower. It was more of a value proposition around 50 bucks if I recall correctly. You have them at 69 Canadian. I Canadian, believe they're yeah. I believe they're 50 bucks. Now, they, that's a different thing because you have a wire there. I don't expect these to be that cheap, but I'm curious if they can make a real value play and then get people going. Mm -hmm. It's quite possible. Uh, we talked about the upcoming Xbox, most recently identifying the cheaper model, the budget model. Uh, a lot of talk, of course, of next generation gaming. A bit more of it on PlayStation for us. We now have... A date set, apparently, for Xbox Series S. August reveal 
the cheaper Xbox is coming. So further confirmation, further speculation for those that were curious about how Xbox was going to align itself, market itself, compete with a PlayStation product. We're not going to have to wait that much longer to get more details from Microsoft about what that play looks like specifically, whether or not we get a price at that point. We're probably going to find out more about the hardware. We've been tracking this mysterious console codenamed Lockhart for several weeks now, but Microsoft has, hasn't moved an inch towards confirming its existence. That changes in August when the console will be fully revealed. This is according to a Eurogamer report. Hmm. Do you believe Eurogamer, Will? Yeah, they're pretty serious. Are they? Yeah. You've read their site before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess they got some intel, some inside information. Uh, they are also calling it Series S, which... How do you feel about that? You have Series X, Series S. Are you okay? Do you like the word series? Yeah. Huh. I don't mind it. Okay. Kind of rolls off. Makes the it feel special. Yes. Belonging to a series. Yes. Interesting. All Microsoft has said publicly on its Xbox 2020 plans for this month was a vague comment from an Xbox marketing exec, Aaron Greenberg, that the June news will be done differently than an inside Xbox show. So they got something planned, some kind of presentation, some kind of online thing. That's kind of all you can do right now. Mm -hmm. Current climate of the world. Uh, it's what Sony did. It seemed to go over well. I don't know. Yeah. So anyways, this could, this could turn out to be the Xbox. It could, I know the spec is going to be lower, but in the short term, you may, it may, it's going to probably be the value for money play. Mm -hmm. And since you and I yesterday speculated on the pricing, you and I went out on a limb. We put our necks out there. And I saw people were criticized. They said they were too high. Yeah, they called me out. They said your 599 is crazy. Right. Yeah, they were probably right. But it's only fair that since we did that yesterday, today we got to do the same with the upcoming Xbox consoles. Now, there's a difference here because with PlayStation, it looks like you're getting the same hardware just minus the optical drive. Here... Whether or not you get two versions of the Series X, you may get that too. But we're going to speculate only on the top end Series X. And we're going to speculate on the Series S. We're going to get our prices out there. We're going to put our name and our neck on the line here. Hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and say, of course, they have to match on the top spec. So that's going to be $499. That's my official guess, ladies and gentlemen, on a Series X. Oh, you think they're going to match it? I think they're going to match it. Okay. You don't? Okay, we're going to wait. You go You go in a second. How can you not match? Don't you have to match? Maybe uh, Maybe they present it less. No, like they're going to match. Get out of town. Okay. $4.99. And then on this one, since it's a lower spec, it's not just the absence of an optical drive. You got less, less RAM. You got fewer teraflops. We know how that goes. So it can't... It has to be quite a significant dip. So yesterday where I said you would have the digital-only PlayStation 5 at 449 No, I said 429 I said 429 Did you? You got to be lower than that. So I'm going to go to 379 379 I'm going to go to 379 for the Series S. Now let's hear yours. Put your neck out there, Willie Do People are going to come back. They're going to hold you to it. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to go um, for the specced up version. Um 550. Okay. $50 less than uh, PlayStation. Because your guess was high for the PlayStation as well. Yeah. Okay. And what do you do on their, on their Series S, their budget model? Where are you going? I'm going to go for 399 Okay. You go staying higher there as well. All right. Yeah. Prices are high in 2020. That's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll find out. We'll see how it goes. People, uh, you can put your guesses in the comments. Talk about how dumb we are and how we're so wrong, but especially Will, <laughs> more so than canceled. Me. <laughs> Idiots! How dare they? I was like, what? Respect. Get the wrong price. We all know. We've all seen the documents. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Uh, Willie Do's suggestion is an impossibility for reason X, Y, and Z. Series S. Yeah, I'm done for on the internet. Yeah. 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 You don't deserve to be on the internet with that garbage. Uh, we have a report here from Android Police. Nearby sharing Android's airdrop competitor is rolling out in beta. This is a welcome thing. Thank goodness for that. Oh, yeah. An actual uniform drop a file from Android to Android. They're calling it 
nearby sharing by the looks of it. And it works as a share button mm. in your share menu, but it, that, that looks like a separate app. Mm. And you're going to click on that, at which point you can select variety of files, obviously. Pictures, videos are going to be popular ones. It will work like AirDrop in the sense that you can just, you could spit out a file to anyone who's willing to take it as well. Right. Depending on the privacy settings that you set up. So you could have something contacts only, mm -hmm. for example, if you want to keep it a little bit more private. The feature is obviously super early for, for the time being. It's in beta, actually. And it's rolling out to some users, but we, we actually do have, it's not a leak. It's just, just a beta version. We have some screenshots here of what it's going to look like. And uh, I mean, this is just basically, this is a little bit of catch up if we're being honest, because Apple, this is a great experience on Apple AirDrop. Let's be honest here. Yeah, very seamless. You want to just, th and in Apple's case, it extends beyond iPhone to iPhone and it goes into iPhone to Mac OS, mm. which is also very convenient and uh, an obvious advantage. And it's one of the areas that you you really want Google to focus on being, of course, the, well, Android boss, really. Mm -hmm. If they want to set a new standard and put something out there that it's one of the, it's a word you don't hear a lot anymore, fragmentation. You remember that word? Oh, yeah. Early Android days? Yeah. What about fragmentation? Yeah. Well, it's true. That in some weird areas, it still sort of exists. And this is one of the, maybe you could argue messaging as well on Android, mm. where iMessage has been, I mean, people love iMessage. Mm. No one ever says, I love my messages on Android. They just say, I use WhatsApp or I use whatever messaging app. They typically say, now, maybe that's better. Yeah. For the record, nothing against, like, there is something to be said for having your messaging platform not be specific to your device. Let me ask you a question. Um, do you think that iMessage and FaceTime should be together? Together in what way? Oh, one As app. As like one platform, one app kind of thing. It's interesting. Because it falls under communication. Yeah, I hear you. But they're not... They're not necessarily the same customer. I think some people who use iMessage don't even think about it, don't even care about it. I'm just sending a message. It might as well be a text to them. Some users. I see. FaceTime, on the other hand, it's a very branded experience. Uh -huh. You will hear in regular life, oh, just FaceTime me uh -huh. as a verb, a yeah. thing you can do. Whereas messaging is still messaging. People just love iMessage. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying here? Yeah. Does that yeah. make any sense to you? A little bit. A little bit. I don't know. I just, I feel like the FaceTime brand is actually, and the iMessage brand, they're pretty strong on their own. So why would you lose one? Right. Right. If you're talking about it on Google, it gets funky. You talk about it on Google, you stop talking about Google products. This is my point. Mm -hmm. You start talking about messaging on Google, you start talking about WhatsApp, Facebook product. I mean, we use Slack. Who owns Slack? I don't know. Maybe they're on their own. Mm -hmm. But you start talking about alternative third-party messaging apps, which brings up a whole different series of questions. Yeah. And on Apple's side, on the other hand, you have people who use FaceTime to, to talk about video conferencing as if Apple invented it, like mm. Kleenex. Mm -hmm. FaceTime is the Kleenex of mm. video conferencing tissue paper. Well said. Anyway, uh, this is good. This is a welcome thing. I hope it. I hope it get. I hope it goes out of beta and onto devices sooner than later. I hope it works. I hope it's quick, and all the rest of it. People having fun with the AirDrop stuff on on iOS now. Android people get to participate, get to partake, but also credit where credits due because not that the technology is independent to Apple, but Apple certainly popularized the idea of just dropping files left and right. We have some electric vehicle news here. We have a new uh, video clip of the Rivian truck. I mean, do you even, there's so much going on in the world. Do you even remember the times we've been talking about this thing? Very rarely. Because we have, Will. We've covered this truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a cool truck. It looks very promising. It's one of those far off ones where we've been waiting, mm -hmm. but there's interest in this thing. This is sort of the more subdued electric truck compared to the cyber truck for somebody who wants a form factor it's looking like a typical truck mm -hmm. and it has some cool features 
uh, that that we've covered in the past some a lot of storage compartments electric vehicles trucks as electric vehicles have become a, a an exciting segment because trucks are all about utility mm-hmm. trucks are all about little storage cubbies and moving stuff around and torque torque the big question still remains towing and hauling but as far but they wanted to get to the bottom of the off-road aspect they wanted to showcase they wanted to show prospective buyers hey just because we got a battery in here don't mean you can't go to the desert mm-hmm. and that's what this new video they release is all about they got the rivian truck off-road and they're just flying they're just loving it they're scrambling around out there this is the kind of thing you like to get up to on a weekend will oh yeah all the time this is a you I mean this was you a couple days ago you were scrambled eggs out there hmm. Just on the rocks. I mean, you got to admit that's kind of impressive. Yeah. The I mean, loose rocks. The uh, the decal, the wrap is... Uh, what, what's up with that? Oh, okay. So this is just like uh, a, a a weak attempt at camo. They don't want to reveal the truck to the world what? in its full... I don't know. They want to be driving <laughs> around. The car companies do this I all mean, the time. They have car camo. But you're um, right. It's weird in this case because we have seen the whole thing. What are they hiding? I mean, all it is is just the color. That's but that's how they normally do it. They, they try to... So they have a bigger impact when it actually shows up on the road. I but I hear see. you because I feel like we've seen this truck. We've definitely seen this truck without camo on. So right. it is an odd choice. Will, yeah. you're right. You called them out and you're right in well, this case. I mean, they didn't need the camo. But I, anyway, the point here is with these videos, they're trying to to say to you... They're trying to say to you personally, Will, hey, we're a truck. Yeah, we know we got a battery. We know we're electric, but we're a truck, Will. Now, did that come across to you in that video? Um, yeah. In, oh, in you don't way. sound very, that doesn't sound very <laughs> promising at all. Yeah. I mean, give me the color. I don't want okay, to then you would have been into story. it. Yeah, so they were in the Arizona desert there. They did some rock crawling as well as other off-road fun and some track time on the dirt i don't know obviously will is unimpressed with this one i was pretty impressed i thought it looked pretty competent out there it's a commercial at the end of the day so take from it what you will but we move a step closer to having a cyber truck competitor an electric truck a real mainstream electric truck people want to buy the rivian is one of those things now speaking of electric trucks this one came to my attention that is another option in this space, which I, for whatever reason, hadn't hit my radar yet, is from a company called Nikola. <laughs> hmm. Remember yesterday how you were mad at the website being like the other website? Xpeng. Yeah. This is the name. They're just straight up saying it. Okay, mm. you're Tesla? Fine, we're Nikola. Mm. And they've had their own series of beefs with Tesla in the past. They are now taking deposits on their truck, $5,000 deposits, based on a render only this is the render this is it oh uh they don't they don't have a prototype but they'll take your five grand mm. on a render that got that's got to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable but it's definitely a different uh, once again a different approach from the cyber truck this looks like a typical truck it looks sort of like an f-150 or something mm. even more so than the rivian mm-hmm. particularly the headlights very f-150 uh more of a transformer almost like a hot wheels kind of look to it particularly the paint job off-road tires on there uh anyway they said originally that there was no way that they were going to make a pickup truck when the cyber truck came out they said nah it's not our thing however they before that accused tesla of uh drawing inspiration from them on tesla's semi-truck because that they've they've also been in that space Anyway, this new one is called the Badger. And if you scroll down a little more, you'll see a few more images, including an interior shot. But they're just renders. They're not pictures. They're just renders. And they're asking for five grand just just for a render. Maybe you will eventually get a truck that you can pay for, but just based on a render. All right, well, I want to know from you, where does this one stack up compared to, uh, well, now we have three. We have the Cybertruck, the Rivian, and we have this, this Nikola Badger is the name of it. Badger. Which one are you taking out of this bunch for I your mean, day-to-day life? Will he do on the street? Will he do on the road? I think the Cybertruck. You're going cyber. 
Yeah. You're going to get a lot of attention. Elon sold me with the side You're going you know, Oh, the hat. Supporter. Oh, okay. So you've been you've been bought and sold. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we can't ask you any questions anymore. No. Because look at your hat. No, you're probably right. Tesla has a track record. I have to say, I'm personally interested in a Rivian only because I feel uh, from a utilitarian perspective, it it uh, it checks a lot of boxes. If you go go look, I mean, I pre-ordered the Cybertruck for the record. I'm, I'm interested in both of them. But if you look at the... I don't know how many Cybertrucks are going to sell. The thing obviously broke the internet. Mm -hmm. But there's got to be a customer out there that wants something that's the shape of a regular truck. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's go. Let's not go crazy here. Let's so if if, if we're if the disruption is going to be at its maximum potential, you're going to need some electric trucks that look like trucks. Yeah. So options are good. Even though I ordered the Cybertruck, it's, it's a it's a it's fun. It's sci-fi. All the rest of it. I'm glad that the Rivian exists as an option mm -hmm. as well. It's almost like the Cybertruck could have just been a one-off vehicle for Tesla, and they still could have done alongside the Cybertruck, some sort of more traditional form truck mm -hmm. and had two truck options. Yeah, you're right. Kind of like how Ford has the F-150 and then the Raptor. Well, that's just the trim level. Mm -hmm. But like they could have had some crazy extreme Cybertruck and then a truck like Rivian. But I, I mean, it's hard making cars. What am I talking about? I'm just pulling them out of the air. And then you just make one of these. And then you just make one of those. But I just, if you could just real quickly go to a Rivian picture, I'll just tell you why it keeps coming up on, for me, why I keep bringing it up. Uh, go to Rivian Cargo, type something like Rivian Cargo. And you'll see it has some really unique cargo spaces, which would be useful. That side space is so cool behind, uh, in front of the rear wheel well and behind the second row door. It's a pass through. Look how cool that is. So now you have the the frunk, the trunk, which in a truck you're aware of is a big space. You have this section. If you click on the tailgate there, the bottom left, one more down, you have more storage under there, under a lid. And then look at the sides. Is there storage on the sides as well of the bed? It's like, wow, there's so much utility thought that went into this thing that I'm excited to check out. So that's why it keeps coming up for me. I realize this, you're not going to turn any heads. This is going to be a more low-key play. Yes. You just want to pull up to the parking lot. You'll turn some heads, but the Cybertruck, shut it down. Shut down the parking lot. Everybody's coming to talk to you. Look, he's using it as a seat over there. You see, Will, I go I go play uh, hockey on the outdoor rink. Oh. I can picture, I can do my skates on there. It's impressive. You got to give him, give him a few points, Will. Also, the tank turn is actually really cool. Give him a few points, Will. Uh, you know, I do. You give him a few points. Yeah. Uh, even with Can't that, count them out. Even with that hat on, you give him a few points. Yeah. Okay, lovely. You showed this one to me. Disney's got some crazy face swap stuff going on, hmm. and it's getting real creepy as far as, as far as some people are concerned. They took a concept, obviously well understood at this point, the deep fake thing. You swap a face put it on any video who knows what's real what's fake what's happening on the internet implications massive for this type of technology they took it to another level from a resolution perspective so the deep fake tech was doing something like 200 by two, 256 by 256 pixels on the image for the swap disney on the research labs here took it up to 1024 by 1024 so i think this should be pretty obvious you increase your resolution you get a more convincing output and we have evidence of that in this particular video. Of course, if you look closely, you can say, I could spot the fake guys. But this is a lot like our video on spot the robot. How far do you want to look? That's all it is. Just look far enough. What are you going to believe in the future? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. Sure, okay, it's not perfect right now. I get it. But they're getting close fast on the face swap. Yeah. I just want to bring something up real quick here with um did you watch this the uncharted video game like the cutscene? you taking it you taking us uh, off <laughs> a little uh, detour yeah you're taking us off road right now yeah lou later off-road status we just left the highway i have no idea where willie do's taking us right now okay well no this okay is, this is very I have no, uh, go for it okay i'm in i'm down for the ride know. um so they made like a cutscene with uh i guess nathan fillion the the actor as uh nathan drake 
And it's a video game cutscene, but the lighting is there, and his face obviously looks it looks like him. So I mean, the facial ex expressions, it's uh, very impressive. Wait a minute. So this clip that we're watching here is using the same technology? Um, well, I think this is like a deep fake, but oh, okay. It's uh, I mean, it's very uh very convincing to actually put him into a video game it's not just like real life where the lighting oh, is like i get it okay okay completely right so you're trying to parallel this isn't different. this isn't the new tech this is the old version of it but you're showcasing an application within a game rather than say yes, a real life like a video real life movie or got something. you that's so. really interesting so you can bring real personalities into games that uh, pe people that recognizable actors characters fairly easily mm -hmm. presumably with a little bit of a little bit of rendering yes just a tiny touch yeah. well yeah it's it's a it's it's a the implications of this technology are massive whether it's games whether it's video all forms of content we're gonna have to reevaluate how we uh, interpret almost everything we see at a certain point once this improves but if you go back actually to the beginning of this video right here and you just pause on one of these frames some of them are more convincing than the others so if you can line it up with an individual that already looks sort of like the other person maybe maybe in this case the person in the second spot the second slot the real guy is on the far left but what i uh, recognize that if you don't have the reference point if you just sort of block out you yeah. can believe one of these individuals as an independent individual you could believe it especially if it's like an image not like a moving kind of frame. Oh, just as a still image? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's so hard. people are probably wondering what are the applications? Uh, why is Disney investing in this? Well, I started to think immediately what you could do in movies. Imagine the most famous actors don't even have to act anymore. Mm -hmm. They come in, they sign some sort of contract, they get everything recorded, the full motion capture, every angle. Then somebody else, a stuntman, does the whole movie and they just throw whatever face they want on. It's pretty wild. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I suppose there's more to acting. I've just offended every actor. Or, you know, facial expressions and folding the uh, eyebrows and the forehead skin at the right moment. There's, 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 there's more to it. But I'm just swapping people out in a particular scene. Just a quick swap. Remakes, remixes. And then, of course, the scary side of it, news. If you could... if. People want to manipulate the news. Oh, my God. Yeah. Could be pretty wild. So, anyway, Disney's investing in it for, for likely just VFX purposes. And we could see some pretty high-tech movie techniques coming out. I mean, you had the Will Smith thing with... What was the name of that movie? It was just recently, too. Gemini Man. Gemini Man. Where they made him young. And you got to presume there's some sort of similar technology at play. In that case, I, mean, I don't know that that movie was a huge hit, but we're talking more about the technology than maybe necessarily the the story or the success of any one particular film. Mm -hmm. We'll see how this goes. Very interesting. Uh, Facebook reveals the future of VR headsets, and that's what it looks like. So for those of you just listening, this is a guy wearing something that looks like traditional sunglasses. This has been probably the biggest hurdle for VR, it's figuring out the actual contraption you're going to wear. Mm -hmm. It's uh, up until now, it's, uh, you even mentioned yourself, once it went wireless, that was a big difference for you. Yes, with the Oculus Quest. All of a sudden, you felt, you felt more free and it enhanced your experience. Yes. This is the kind of thing where if you, if you are constantly aware of this thing that you're wearing, and noticing it whether it's a wire or a heavy headset or it just the immersion suffers and also just the the how often you use it requiring the the whole process of getting the thing on carving out a spot for it it's just right. not a very casual thing at the moment mm -hmm. no offense to those that do it casually mm -hmm. people pop they slap it on and off they eat some lunch, go right back to VR. I'm sure that happens. People are probably more comfortable with it than I am. 
But for me, it feels still like a bit of a process. Okay, I'm going to go into the VR. How much time do I have set aside? What do I have, three hours or... Do you know what I mean? Move your coffee table. Hey, maybe that's a good thing for certain types of storytelling. It should be an event, maybe. But for the widespread adoption, I think it does need to trend a little more in the casual direction where a person can pop it on and just immediately get a sense for, oh, that's what you guys are all talking about. Hmm. Without, anyway, Facebook has been investing in VR since Oculus. They seem to think there's a big play there. They seem to think it's a part of their future, for better, for worse, whatever people think about that. And so because of that, they're investing in hardware and they're investing in the development of some fairly high-tech stuff, trying to shrink uh, what is a VR headset using technology that hasn't yet really been used in these headsets. Uh, up until now, we have displays, uh, OLED displays sitting behind a lens. Well, you need space for that. That's that's how you end up with the VR headset that you have as of today. So they're having to use holographic optics for this thin, lightweight VR experience. It is nowhere near ready to go, by the way. They have to provide external light sources, and it's only showcasing some kind of green color for the time being, nothing too elaborate. So it's very early stages. But this is a glimpse into the future of what a VR headset might look like and how that could once again, just like the face swap technology, what the uh, practical applications for that might be and the effect as a whole. If we have easy on and off VR, I mean, think about the way right now where we sort of pick up our phones just mid-conversation, like a zombie type of... Imagine you just slip the shades on. Yeah, supernatural. You just... What? You know, once people don't even feel guilty about it at all, just, just, I'm, I'm gonna go on a break. I'm gonna go on a break for 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Just fall back in a chair. I could picture you doing something like that. I mean, it's close. Yeah. <laughs> Put down the Oculus and. Uh, I'm saying, man, if I'm you just all you have to do is recharge that, and you just got it sitting on your shirt, or 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 maybe you just keep it on. I don't know. Yeah. Your whole world is completely. Maybe by this point. Maybe by that point, people actually want to be strapped in permanently, so mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be casual at all. Wear a bodysuit. Yeah, that's probably not as far away as it sounds. Uh, how do you feel about Facebook being being so interested in virtual reality? Uh, man, it, <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> but I'm a fan of Oculus. That's the problem. What's their end game? It's it, it can't. It's not just gaming. It's uh, obviously they want you to be hooked in. Yeah. To the, they want you to be hooked in in a more permanent or immersive way. I would imagine it would be like using Oculus as like a virtual Facebook. Yeah. Where people can Beyond that, out. a virtual OS. Yeah, a, a digital world. Yeah, virtual OS. Yeah. Like the next the next Android is, is actually living somewhere inside of a VR ecosystem. VR input. Yeah. Interesting. VR, AR. I don't know which one's going to take off first. Apple thinks it's going to be AR by the looks of it. So it'll be interesting to see how it maps out. Mm -hmm. This last one, this is a goof. This is a fun time. That's why I put it in there. Mm -hmm. Just lighten the mood a little bit. Did you ever wonder what space smells like? I didn't until I saw this post. All the time. Ode to space. This is a fragrance de <laughs> developed Ode. to mimic the smell of space. And believe it or not, as it's the outcome of research uh, that, that originally existed in order to make potential astronauts comfortable with the smell of space in advance of their travels to space station, for example. Space has a distinctive smell. I never knew this. Hmm. So this is, this is posted, where is this? ABC is posted. This, I, this showed up to me on my newsfeed from a number of different sources. So it's a oh. hot, this is a hot story right now. Steve Pierce, chemist and founder of Omega Ingredients, was contracted by NASA back in 2008 to recreate the smell of space. The product, the product took roughly four years to develop. Mm. Four years to develop the artificial version of the smell of space. That's, that's a tough gig, man. Mm -hmm. Imagine how hard that might be. He described the smell, the scent, as gunpowder, seared steak, raspberries, and rum. That's now, does that not sound like a good time? Uh, Combination of ingredients. Very complicated. <laughs> <laughs>
gunpowder and raspberries. It's funny. It's the same thing when you drink a fancy wine or something, or even I started ordering some fancy coffee, and it's always in describing the flavor. You have to call on hints the, or notes, the notes of oh. other well-known flavors. Oh. And so you end up reading these descriptions, you know, chocolatey cigar, and you're like, I would never eat that. But together, yeah. I get it if it's just a hint. And that's where the gunpowder seared steak comes into play mm. with raspberries and rum. Mm. Maybe on their own, not all things edible. Well, certainly not the gunpowder, but collectively, it's I'm I'm reading that as smoky, fruity steak. Yes. Yeah, I would imagine. Anyway, <clears throat> astronauts have previously described the smell of space similar to that after a gun has recently been fired. It's kind of like a smell from a gun right after you fire the shot, said Peggy Whitson, astronaut and former resident of the International Space Station, in an interview. I think it kind of almost has a bitter kind of smell in addition to being smoky and burned. That's complex. Mm -hmm. Who would have ever thought that space has such a complex fragrance mm -hmm. anyway i don't know maybe we need to get this in studio maybe we need to bring this on the show because my my curiosity is definitely peaked i guess he's selling it now let's see how much it goes for omega ingredients uh unique highly specialized and award-winning focusing on the creation of the highest quality provenance driven natural flavors and ingredients for the food and beverage industry mm. Ooh, this this is some this is some serious stuff over here Omega Pure. It doesn't look like it's on the site yet. There's a lot of other cool stuff on there, but I don't see the O de Space. Let's try this. O de Space Buy. I think it's on their Kickstarter website. Oh, it's a Kickstarter. Have yeah. you have you found it? It there was a link. Oh, can you just Oh, there we go. They have raised in Canadian funds $103,000 to 2,000 backers. Genius! Selling the smell of space. Who wouldn't want it? Okay, so we'll order it up, or maybe they can send it to us. Maybe you could get in touch, Will. Yeah. We'll do a live smell test, and we're going to search for those notes. You can look for the raspberry, and I'll look for the gunpowder <laughs> inside of the scent, and it'll be a time live on air. If that's not entertainment, I don't know what is. We're living in a time, Will, where... We can remain on earth and yet experience space th through our noses. <laughs>